Helmets Off, Scott Mitchell, your host here. A lot of things are happening in the world of sports, and of course, uh, some of them locally here in Utah, which maybe we don't want to be a part of, but unfortunately we are. <clears throat> and that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing either, or a good thing, but uh, this, whole, this whole discussion about race, and about how uh, so many people are um this 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 issue that exists it's it's prevalent in so many aspects of our society if you're a person who's not of color like myself you don't understand what it's like to be in those situations and that's very true i don't i've felt certain types of racism in my own life in different ways so so from that perspective i can understand it to some degree but I've never been a black person in in my entire life. I've never been pulled over in a situation where I've I've literally been concerned about my safety. So I get that, and it's real. Um, and and of course, the the whole discussion with what's happened here and and the riots and and the death of of George Floyd and all all those things. Uh, we're in a very very sensitive place in our society. And quite frankly, we should be. And this conversation probably should have happened <clears throat> a long, long time ago. It, it, you get a sense, and again, I'm speaking from my perspective here, that, that we've got past this idea of racism. I live in the white world. And I don't live around people who talk about being racist. We're, we, we don't. We're a very, um, uh, the people I'm with, the people I'm around, I have a large circle of, of friends and people that I know, and I don't hear people that are racist. I have really close friends who are uh, people of color and think the world of them. So I'm not a person who, uh, I don't, I, I, I don't, I want to believe that that racism doesn't exist in our country, but I'm not foolish enough to think that it does. It doesn't. I can tell you the people I'm around aren't that way, uh, but but I, I have no question that it happens all the time and and often, and it's unfortunate that it does. It really is because we 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 really need to be way beyond this issue, and my personal feelings about it um, are very unique and very very different and before we end this segment i want to share what those personal feelings are but first i want to talk about someone here locally uh the defensive coordinator for the university of utah morgan scally who was actually um put on leave he was suspended by the university for a comment he made in 2013 through a text message and it was a racial slur and and it's probably one that you're not unfamiliar with. And, and I'm not speaking for Morgan Scally, but I've been in that world of athletes. And there's a, there's a certain dialogue, there's a certain tone that happens when you're, when you're communicating with your fellow athletes, regardless of what their, their race is. And knowing Morgan, as I do, and 
Uh, I can't say we're best friends, but we're not enemies either. And we've had numerous contacts through the years. What I know of him, what I know of people who know him, he's not a racist. But he's a person who's a coach. And he's a person who's trying to recruit people. He's a person who's trying to relate to people. He's a person who's trying to, in whatever form or fashion, have some kind of dialogue or communication. And, and I can't speak for his mindset other than he probably was trying to be relatable. And, 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 and I think that's a good, a good topic to, to say, okay, help me understand how I can communicate to you. How do I communicate to you in a way that won't be offensive, it won't come across racist, because I'm not a racist. I just want to understand how we can relate to one another. And he's, I know he's expressed this to certain players he's had through the years as a coach. Being able to communicate with, with people uh, is, is a very important thing. And as a, a coach, so his, he, him as a position coach, he was, he was um, the secondary, whether the safeties or the cornerbacks. So most of those players at the University of Utah are black. So most of the players he recruits, most of the players that he's going to have interaction with through the years, almost his entire career at the University of Utah are going to be black players. And, and I'm sure that as a coach, well, I know this for a fact, you've got to be relatable to your players. Morgan Scally is white. And he played a defensive back in college, but he's white. So I'm sure that part of his intent, because that's really what this is about, is, 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 is this guy and, and our, our people in general, is their intent to be racist? Because I don't, I don't think that, I, I don't think a lot of people, their intent to, is to be that way. Uh, I think there, there's definitely people that are. And whether it's overt or, you know, it's just, it's just by the way that we kind of have been conditioned as a society to look at certain groups of people in a certain light, in a certain way. Uh, does that exist? I'm sure it does. It exists in so many different forms. I mean, I could tell you about how we've been conditioned to look at fathers in a certain way. And, I, and I'm not trying to compare the two that being a father is, is like being racist. It's not. What I'm saying is that we're conditioned by society to look at different types of roles or races or whatever it is in a certain way where we're, we're lumping everything and everybody together. And I think that's very um, disingenuous and, and not healthy and not wise. You got to look at people on their merits. And I think that's one of the ways you have to look at Morgan Scally is, is, is he in, in the merits of what he is and what he does is, is he a bad dude? Does he not like certain people of color? And, and, I, and I know that that's not the case, that he's not a person who doesn't like people and doesn't like certain races. I, I, I would believe that's very far from the truth. Although, I, in fact, I would, I would venture to say that probably he's extremely sick about this entire thing and would do anything to take it away or, or to fix it in the future. And hopefully the university will be able to look through that and say, okay, he's all right. You know, this is, this is a good thing because he has done so a lot of really good things for the university. He's a good person. Uh, he's, uh, he's done a lot of good for a lot of players. 
of different races at the University of Utah. And so I, I, I hope that this turns out in a positive light. Why are we talking about this? Why am I talking about this right now? Because it is a massively um, relevant and, and hot topic that we're discussing. Would this even come out? I mean, the player who this was said to didn't even, didn't want it to happen and didn't come out. So why are some people bringing it up right now? Uh, is, it a, is it an attempt to get at Morgan Scally? Is it an attempt to say, look, you don't understand what we deal with. This is a guy, presumably, that would be a good dude, that wouldn't be someone you would think is racist. And he's come out and made this kind of statement. So it permeates a lot of our society. And, and, and if that's the point, it's well taken. Because I think a lot of us don't realize sometimes, it, most people who are white, that even though you don't think of yourself as being a racist person, sometimes you may have an innocent comment or thought or, or whatever, and, and it comes across to others as insensitive and as racist. And, and so if that's what was meant by this, then, then I think that's, that's a good thing. Hopefully, uh, people will look at this and just on the merits of who he is and not just take one incident. But the timing of everything is that this is a, an extremely sensitive time. And it should be. And this really should have been dealt with uh, and handled um, a long time ago. And one of the challenges we have in our country is we have a, we have a, a two-party system of government. We have a, represent, a representative government. Uh, so, so a person will stand as the kind of the, the mouthpiece for, for a lot of people. And what we have is we have two different ideologies that are constantly at odds with each other about, you know, how far do we go in, in, in certain directions? And it's, a, it's been a healthy debate for years. And yet it leads to compromise. But, but really what's happening in our society today is there is no compromise. There is no discussion. There is no debate over, over the issues. It's I'm right and you're wrong. And if you don't agree with me, it's, it's like the nuclear option. We're going to torch the world if you don't agree with me. And we're getting off track in the discussion and the debate and, and coming to a compromise, a middle ground on a lot of things in our society. And it's a dangerous road to go down and one we certainly uh, need to um, kind of uh, take a step back from. I'm going to take a break right now, but when I come back, I want to share with you my solution to this. Uh, how do we handle situations and the fact that this whole Morgan Scally thing came up and what kind of questions does it cause us to, to reflect on and, and how, how, can, how can a positive income out, outcome happen from this? We all want positive incomes. We all want an income right now with you know, a lot of people out of work. Uh, so we're going to take a break. I'm going to come back and I'm going to, I'm going to talk about how here's my solution.
Okay, welcome back to Helmets Off. Scott Mitchell, your host here. Been talking about this whole racism thing and police brutality and, and the different forms of of uh, an underserved uh, community or or poor part of our community, the the black community. And I have no question that overall that's true. Now, why is it true? And why 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 are we still having this discussion? And why are we still listening to and, and having to deal with a lot of these things. And quite frankly, I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think everyone's to blame. And I think everyone's part of the solution. I personally feel like some of the challenges have been that um, there, there have been so many social programs implemented in our society that have kind of limited or, or, really debilitated people's chances of, of moving forward. I think that's a challenge. I think another challenge we have in our society is everybody has their agenda and they're looking to prove that they're right. And, and, and what's happening is nobody's listening. So I firmly believe that we all need to start listening a whole lot more a wise person once told me you have uh, two ears and you have one mouth. You should listen twice as much as you speak. And of course I speak every night, but I also listen, I listen to people and, and I really listen to people. And I think if, if we're, if we have a willingness to listen, uh, things change. The only way you're going to get someone to listen to you and is is they have you have to trust them and how do you get how do you get people to trust you how do you get people to trust you and this is this is one i believe is biblical and it goes back to joseph and being sold into egypt and he was sold and he learned how to become a servant, a trusted servant of the king. And he himself was actually a ruler. He was like, he was, he was royalty. Uh, and so here he was, the ruler, someone who should be in charge, and he became the servant. And so he went around to the, to the pharaoh and became his trusted servant by helping him. Not by telling him what to do, not by saying, I, I have the right answers. Now he had the right answers, but he didn't get to those answers until later, until after he had been a trusted servant. So if we really want to get anywhere in our society, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, if we really want to make things change, we need to stop rioting, we need to stop talking, and we need to start gaining one another's trust. And we do that by just saying, how can I help you? And I don't even know if you just say how, you just go and do so you go into places and you go into things and you do things for people that aren't of your same race, aren't of your same 
religion aren't of anything and you just serve them you help them you look for opportunities to be kind and to and to give of yourself to other people and you do it from a spirit of love and not one of what is it in in this for me or look at me and look how great and wonderful i am but very quietly you go in and you just say i'm here to help i don't have an agenda I'm not looking for praise or ad adulation, just here to help. And you gain their trust. And you do it sincerely and openly, and you will gain people's trust, and then you can help each other. And then change really happens. And it happens that's lasting and long, and you develop these relationships that are powerful, and that, that now you're working together you may not agree on everything. You may not agree on anything. But at least you have a mutual respect for one another. Instead of all of this, throwing stones at one another and trying to be um, right. So learn to figure out how to trust, how to gain people's trust, I should say. All right, I'm going to switch gears here for a minute. And recently, uh, I'm a huge Utah Jazz fan have been my whole life. I've suffered through losing years. I've suffered through Michael Jordan pushing off and the Jazz coming so close for a couple of years and winning uh, championships and never winning an NBA championship. And of course, one of the key figures in that whole um, uh, run of the Utah Jazz, a, a, a figure who's been central is Jerry Sloan, who recently passed away. And I didn't have a lot of, a lot of personal interaction with Jerry Sloan. Um, I, I, I have with other members of the jazz organization, uh, even Larry Miller. And um, in fact, I played on their, their softball team uh, when I was in college, which was an absolute riot and a lot of fun. Uh, Really, really a lot of fun. But um, I was, um, you know, Coach Sloan, there were, there, were, there were some things that really stuck out to me with Coach Sloan. And I've seen it, I've heard it personally, but I've also seen it in some of the communications he's had with um, other people. And, and, and here, here's what I love about Jerry Sloan. And everyone talks about how tough he is and, and that he was, you know, he was, he was the original Chicago Bull and he was this guy who took no bull from anyone. And he was demanding of his players. Uh, he was very much about the fundamentals. But when I heard Jer Jerry Sloan talk about basketball and I heard him talk about it in a way that was really acute. And by that, I mean, he talked about these small little details. And I love that. If there, was, if there was one thing that I grabbed from Jerry Sloan, it was his attention to these little details. And you could see it ooze out of the players that he had that bought into his program, John Stockton, Carl Malone, and how everything started on the defensive end of the court 
and he talked about um, when, uh, and there, there's, three, there's three examples of this that I want to bring up that I thought were fascinating. He talked about your, your hand as the pass is being thrown and that your hand needs to come up by your ear. And that most people's instinct is to throw their hand out towards where the pass is happening. So your hand is going out and the ball's going past you and you never have any ability to actually uh, intercept or deflect a pass. And it was that little detail. And, and it was doing it that was a little bit counter to maybe your instinct or your intuition or your, or your logic. But actually listening to it and implementing it, you go, this is completely logical. So it's fascinating to hear that. Then, then he talked about your foot position and about how much of your foot should be in contact with the floor. And he talked about a lot of your foot being in contact with the floor because it, when you move all of that, that mass that's contacted, you explode much quicker as opposed to maybe being up on the tips of your toes and, and being, um, you know, where, where some people might think you know, it, it, it sounded almost counterintuitive as well. And it was something that just really stuck with me about here's a man who had taken time to become a master of those fine little details that make all the difference in the world in your performance. And these were subtle little things. You know, they weren't these great grand speeches or whatever, but they were these, uh, these small little details that, that ran counter to maybe what was sexy or what was you know, um, you know, this high flying slam dunk or, or all of these different things, but it was these minor little sweet details that made all the difference. And then of course, there, there was one about, about actually learning how to fall and how you need to have your feet on your heels as you're taking a charge. And that, because if you have your feet going forward, then it's going to be a much more violent collision going backwards. And he goes, a lot of times you'll, you'll just hit your head really hard on the ground and like you're going to have a concussion or worse. And not that I'm not sure anything could be worse than a concussion, but nonetheless, uh, really, and that's the thing that st stuck out with me with Coach Sloan and how, how amazing he was at those small details and how that made all the difference in everything that he taught and believed. And, and those were the things that got him to be, uh, I believe, as successful coach as he was. Okay, I'm gonna take another break. And I'm gonna come back. And should, should a team that wins the NBA championship this year have an asterisk because of craziness of how the season went? Okay, welcome back to the final uh, segment of Helmets Off today. And, of course, I'm your host, Scott Mitchell. Uh, we are powered by kslsports.com. All you do is just go kslsports.com, and there we are. And we have it all. We've got you covered across the bases in sports. I'm really, really excited to be a part of the, the KSL Sports team. And, of course, I love Helmets Off. It's been a personal passion of mine for well over three years now. And uh, it's fun to share with you kind of my insights 
into sports and some of the hot topics of the day. It's awesome to interview some of the the greatest uh, legends of of sport and kind of get get in their brains and find out who they who the person is behind behind the mask. So uh, thank you for joining in. Um, so of course the NBA is going to come back. They're they're starting up their season and they've certainly been I want to say one of the leaders in in handling and dealing with this whole coronavirus issue and all these other things and so um I uh found it I I it's quite fascinating the solution they've come up with they're going to start the season back uh they're going to have eight games and then they're going to uh, go into this playoffs and not all the teams are going to get to play in in the end of the season, but some of the teams who are kind of close to making the playoffs are going to get a legitimate shot at seeing if they can't close the gap and, and they'll have a final seeding to go into the playoffs. So with the weirdness of how everything is, if you're a team and your team wins a championship this year, should there be an asterisk beside it? And I'm like, because I'm an NBA fan. I'm a Utah Jazz fan. The Jazz are four in the West right now. They could climb as high as two, and they could fall as far as seven in this shortened season. They've lost their second leading score to season-ending injury uh, sometime in the middle of the coronavirus shutdown. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich decided to have season-ending surgery. So they're they're a little a little you know and and the season as it and and winds will be different because there could be some players that have to sit out teams that were kind of in a rhythm and on a roll maybe they they've lost some of that uh, it's going to be shortened so it'll 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 be fascinating to see how these teams come together and play they're they're going to have a couple of months of of actually basketball going on before they decide who's who's the king who's who's the who's the best the best uh, team and i'm just telling you as a jazz fan i hope it gets really weird and i hope the jazz just stay consistent and if the jazz won the nba championship you can put 10 asterisks by it i i really don't care put 10 asterisks by it put 11 put put little smiley faces, put all the emojis you want behind it. It's a championship, plain and simple. I don't care. I do not care. I will take that championship, and it will be the championship of all championships. And down the road, two or three years, nobody is going to care. And I'll just tell you, they will have the biggest parade here in the state of Utah. People will be more excited. They will not, it will not matter to them. I don't care if it was hokey-dokey or whatever kind of way you want to say the season was put together to finish it out and that it ended in, in the middle of October and it was just dumb and stupid. And you cannot at any point take away the championship. You can argue. You can argue. You can say, wait a minute, wait a minute, here's my asterisk, you know, LeBron James, they held LeBron out for the last two games of the Western Conference Finals. Oh, well, you know, oh, well, oh, well, that's just too bad. Um, sorry, 
and thank you very much for the trophy. I do not care. I really, I don't care. So what I do care about, I love that the NBA has found a very creative solution. I love that this sport's going to come back and finish out. I think it's an exciting way to finish timing-wise the season. And I think it's, there's going to be a champion. And it may not be the best team that, you know, before the break, you know, for the two best teams, of course, were Milwaukee and the, and the, the Los Angeles Lakers. And, and uh, I don't care. So I'm totally fine with it. And I'm happy uh, if it's the Utah Jazz and I will celebrate to the ends of the earth. And I don't care how many asterisks you have. Okay, you, uh, you've been listening to uh, Helmets Off. Thank you so much. Uh, we love doing this, and we love having you a part of everything we do. Please give us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. We're on Facebook at the Helmets Off uh, podcast, Twitter at the Helmets Off show. And until, until then, we'll see you.